Welcome to the Mount Pisgah Student Life Podcast, where we will talk about all that God is doing right here in our ministry. Hey guys, we are super excited to be back on the Student Life Podcast. Today we have a new guest. This is Audrey Goodwin. Audrey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Yes, we're so excited to have you. Audrey is going to be our new Student Life Worship Pastor. And so she has just started. She's just getting a part of the team. And obviously, we had to bring her in to talk on this series about the heart of worship because that's going to be her whole role here. And we are really, really thrilled, Audrey, just from getting to know you. Audrey's led at the 11 o'clock service and got to do confirmation with us. And so we've gotten to just see your heart and your character and the way that you work with students. And like I've gotten to hear a lot more recently about your thoughts and philosophy on worship. Mm. And it's so inspiring, so encouraging. And so... I can't wait to unpack that with you today. Yeah, that sounds great. How do you define worship? So there's a lot of different things that you could use to describe what worship is, but I think to sort of boil it down to one sentence is that I would say it's the humble submission to the Lord as we ascribe value to Him. Hmm. So it is coming to the Lord, kneeling before Him and saying, you are God and I am not. And in the midst of all of that, there is celebration, there is lament, there is contention. There are all kinds of things that are wrapped up in what that worship can look like. But baseline, that's what we're doing. We're saying, God, you're in control of this. And for those of us that are Christians, praise the Lord that you are God and that I am not, and that I get to submit to you and let you be the power. So that's sort of like the broad stroke. Um, And then for me, just being in worship is a delight and a joy because I get to be in close community and in close relationship with God. I get to feel His presence. I get to tell Him how amazing He is. I get to ask Him all the questions I need to ask um, and bring the things that I'm struggling with to Him. So worship is an intimate place also. Yeah, it's this beautiful just space of connection where, I mean, even when we, even when you're leading from the platform and leading a group of people, it's still just you and God and mm-hmm. how like cool and unique of a moment that is as well. So you've been around Mount Pisgah for mm-hmm. a year now, right? More? A couple of years. Okay, yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And really gotten to dive into student life, especially this past year. And so as you kind of come into spending a big chunk of your time at student life, how can you tell our students a little bit about your story of coming into leading worship? What does that look like for you? Yeah, so I grew up in the house with a staff member. My dad was a minister of music, and so I was always in church, always attending church, part of the children's choirs and getting to do any of those productions that we did as young children, which were super, super fun. So yeah. I've been singing in church basically as long as I can remember. That's the first place that I sang in front of anyone. And so that's sort of like the germ of where all of that started. But I started to actually help lead contemporary worship when I was in high school. That was I graduated from high school in 2006, so it was still kind of early yeah, in yeah. the day. Days of like doing contemporary worship. We were like the 8.30 a.m. service. Edgy. We yeah. were very edgy. Guitars, Ugh. you know, drums, the whole thing. Yeah. Really crazy. <laughs> and so I started to help lead uh, in that band. And that was really just a, a powerful experience for me because it made me have to invest more time yeah. right away yeah. and realize 
oh, this is something that I really love and I want to do it well. And so that involves on a Sunday morning when I'm 15 years old, getting up at 6 a.m. and being ready to sing and being ready to lead worship. And so that's sort of the very beginning of me leading worship. And then my experience as a professional has been in the world of musical theater. And so over the last 12 years, I've been performing and directing and choreographing And over the last probably five or six years, started to really feel the Lord pulling me toward using my skills and using Mm -hmm. the gifts that I have, specifically not just sort of in a general sense in ministry to other people, but in the context of worship. And I spent a lot of time processing what that looks like, particularly when we came to Mount Pisgah, because it's really easy as a performer to see a stage what looks like a stage, right, and is a platform, and think, oh, I want to be up there. That's what I want to be doing. And so really spent a lot of time discerning with the Lord when it was right for me to make that step and um, spent some time talking with Abby about that. She invited me into worship leadership Mm -hmm. as we had gotten to know each other through a small group and, and really had a lot of patience and really prayed with me through when was the right time to step into that, when I really felt like the Lord was freeing me into that leadership. So it was about actually a year after attending Mount mm-hmm. Pisgah before I started to do anything with the worship team. So that's how I ended up on this particular platform and leading. Yeah, that's really cool. So you, more than most, like a lot of our student band and even some of our other adults like Stephanie and um, well, Rick was also did performing, but a lot of them mm-hmm. came from more of the atmosphere of they started from worship. Sure. And so you have, you similar to Rick, have this big background of like actual performance. Mm-hmm. How do you protect your heart and your mind as you balance the difference between performance and being present with Jesus and leading worship? Like those are obviously two very different things, but how do you balance that in your heart and in your mind as you're leading? Yeah. So I will say one one perspective that I have from the acting world mm-hmm. is that it's not it's not ever just me on stage. It's always the character. So there's a lot of practice of like putting myself to the side already, which is actually really valuable. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it actually helps a lot in this situation that I have been practicing and flexing that muscle for a really long time that whatever the character is going through is what I'm processing, not what Audrey the actor is doing because Audrey the actor has on a wig and is sweaty and right, maybe right. my leg hurts or whatever, <laughs> but whoever I'm playing is like, I'm in love for the first time. Um, and so that is a valuable tool that I feel like I bring from the acting world. And then also just a relentless process of submitting myself to the Lord, honestly. Yeah. And saying, God, I my prayer before I lead every time is that if there's anything of me that is not from the Lord, that the Lord would just sort of burn it away from people's memories. Yeah. And so really practicing the submission that I know that I do not save people, that Jesus is who saves people, and I get to partner with the Lord in ministry. And that is a holy and humbling thing. But at no point do I want or desire for people to experience the worship that I lead and say, wow, you're such a great performer. You're such a great singer. <laughs> right, right. My desire is always to be pointing to the faithfulness, the power, the might of the Lord. Yeah. Right. It's like not about whoever is on the platform. Exactly. It is really just directing back. That's such a cool point about 
being a character and mm-hmm. setting that aside. I've never thought about that from that lens. So mm-hmm. that is really, the Lord really was preparing that in so many ways for you. How do you tangibly prepare to lead worship? And yeah. how do you kind of recommend some ways to do that for our students? Yeah. So another job that I have is that I am a voice teacher and a voice coach. And so I really believe a lot in the power of practice mm-hmm. and in the power of health. So one of the primary things that is really important to me in leading up to rehearsal, leading up to leading worship is making sure that I'm honoring my body by getting good rest. And it is really, really difficult to lead from a place of a full cup if you're literally feeling like you're falling asleep before you start the rehearsal. And so just baseline resting. And then I have a practice of uh, making sure that I really am using my voice all of the time that I am warming up every day. I have like a little recorded warm up for what I do every day. It's like seven to 10 minutes and making sure that my voice stays in a place of health and stays in a place of readiness so that when called upon, I am able to step into that. So doing those warm ups, getting enough rest, those are two like primary things. And then in preparation for the worship service itself, I usually spend some time really like in the songs that we're going to be leading in the scripture that's going to be used for the sermon. And if I'm helping to make decisions about what the songs are, definitely starting with the scripture that's going to be taught because we want the whole service to be pointing toward the same thing. And so spending time in that scripture is really important and spending time understanding what these songs are actually saying, not just how cool they sound or how great I sound when I sing them or how great it's going to sound when we have those harmonies really tight. And so uh, spending time just understanding what the songs are. And then I I do a lot of personal practice. Uh, Stephanie's really great. She has a lot of the like harmony tutorial recordings and um, harmony isn't something that comes really naturally to me. I have to work hard at it. And so I spend a lot of time practicing those things so that when I'm in the space for rehearsal or in the space for leading worship, I'm able to freely be there. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the whole point that every music teacher will tell every student forever is that the more that you practice, the more freely you're going to be able to engage in actually playing your instrument or using your instrument. So those are some of the specific sort of technical things that I do to prepare. That's great. We've talked a lot in the series about the technical preparation that goes into it mm-hmm. so that you can be present while you're actually leading and mm-hmm. how powerful that is. In leading worship, and this applies to leading songs from the stage mm-hmm. and also preaching and teaching and being with people and discipleship and every aspect of ministry that our church does, there is this balance between pursuing our goal is to pursue excellence Mm -hmm. and sometimes we let that slip into a like perfectionism ideal how do you keep your head in the pursuit of excellence without letting yourself slip into this perfection mindset yeah so that was sort of the the whole impetus for me starting to go to this grad school program Mm -hmm. is wanting to understand more fully what we are doing theologically in worship so that I could have a greater understanding outside of the mechanics of the music, what we're doing when we're up there. 
And so for me, I think one of the primary things is really understanding that what the goal is that we're doing the whole time, even pursuing excellence, is because we're pursuing excellence in order to honor God. Mm, Yeah. And when that is the heart— the point can't be perfection because we see over and over again in scripture, God using extremely imperfect people, right. people that, you know, maybe were great and then are stumbling right now. Or I just did a Bible study on Jonah and like, what a great example of someone who is like, God is relentless with him. Yeah. Like he is going to use Jonah, even though Jonah is literally fighting. Like he's like, no, I'd really rather die. God. Yep. Then help those people in Nineveh. No thanks. And he got God for that. That's right. He got God. (laughs) Absolutely. And so I think for me, using that as sort of like my my perspective, sort of like the thing that I always come back to is that if if what I am pursuing as far as excellence is not moving me toward honoring God more fully, if it actually is moving toward getting more honor for myself, Mm. then I know that I've sort of branched off into a different category. And so some of the things that that looks like in a lot of ways is not choosing the very highest key that I could possibly sing this song in because, well, I can belt it and might as well do it. But actually, what is accessible to the congregation? Yes, I cannot sing at that level. Right. I need you to sing low so I can be with you. Absolutely. <laughs> That's very real. Yes. Yeah. And so understanding that actually my job is to shepherd yeah. this congregation to the throne room. It's actually not to be a great singer, a fantastic musician. The more that I take care of my instrument, the easier it's going to be for you to not get distracted by things right. that I mess up. Right. And so that's where the importance of excellence comes in. But it's all in facilitation of people coming to the Lord. And so when, I, when I'm when i able to keep that at the center, it's really easy to see what fits into that and right. what is going yeah. too far. Right. Yeah. It's just such an easy, like, checks and balance system mm-hmm. of, like, is this in pursuit of excellence to honor God mm-hmm. or— is it to honor someone else, honor myself, mm-hmm. approve of, like, get someone else's approval? Um, so how do you worship that does not include, like, what are your other ways of worshiping when you are not on the platform? Yeah. So I spend a lot of time walking, like I'm a, I'm a walker, and a lot of that time I spend listening to sermons. I spend in prayer with God. So I'm a, I'm a prayer walker. And so a lot of people, you know, maybe, maybe this might be the first time they've heard this, that prayer is a form of worship. It's not a separate thing. We also often say prayer and worship, but we're, we're doing the same thing. The whole thing thing is worship. That's right. That's right. And so spending time on my own, on a walk, I literally will talk out loud to God and people might think I'm a little crazy and that's okay. It's fine. And so I do that. And then another thing that I like to do that is sort of a unique thing um, is that I do this in preparation for the songs that I'm leading, but I also just do this on my own as an act of worship, is that I will take a song. Like there's often songs sort of just like stirring in my mind um, because I'm a musical person. So those songs sort of like get stuck in there. And I just have this like sketch pad and just sort of like choose the words that are feeling like they're really – really diving into something going on for me internally, like the Lord keeps bringing them to mind. And I just sort of create around those words. I'll like, you know, do a little bit of calligraphy or drawing um, and just spend time 
letting that sort of slow process be a meditation where the Lord can speak to me. And so getting quiet, especially for someone like me who has a lot of energy and is a like, you know, sort of vibrant human being that likes to sing and play and dance. Getting quiet is a real act of worship for me. In, and a discipline. Absolutely, yeah. and a discipline in which that I feel like I am able to hear the Lord speak really clearly. And so God has really cultivated the need for that. Uh, specifically, the Sabbath practice that Will and I have been doing is a is an extreme act of sacrificial worship. Yeah. Will you tell us more about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Audrey and I read the same book that we're obsessed with. So <laughs> Yeah. Ruthless Elimination yes. of Hurry. Read it, John Mark Coleman. Please read it. Read everything that man has ever written. That's right. Um, and also listen to all his sermons. Yes. So in that book, I felt really challenged by finding places to get quiet and finding where I am running after things that are not of the Lord and running after success or accolades or for people to say, hey, you're amazing, when really the only opinion that matters is God. Yeah. And so we started a Sabbath practice, which starts at 8 p.m., sort of a traditional Jewish Shabbat. And it starts at 8 p.m. on Friday night and ends around 8 p.m. on Saturday night. And during that time, we don't have our phones out. We have them set to do not disturb in case there is an emergency, right? If someone needs to get in contact with us. But we don't spend time scrolling. We don't really engage with our phones We really spend time engaging with each other and um, connecting with each other is really important to us. And then our Saturday morning is slow and we sleep in and make an extravagant breakfast together with bacon and eggs and bagels and jam and just feel the delight of the Lord through like delicious food too. Yeah. We try to make sure that we have the other food prepared so I I do a lot of the food preparation. Will and I share it, but it's primarily me. So I try to make sure that the food is prepared so that we're not cooking and cleaning all day. We don't work. We don't answer emails. We spend time in the quiet. Sometimes we'll go on a walk. And I've just seen the Lord move so beautifully through it. Um, Will's father died in October, and we live now next door to his mom. And you know, just in this Sabbath practice, we're on a walk together and walk past his mom's house. And I just had the Holy Spirit just moved and said, hey, you should go in and check on her. And just to be clear, it was not an audible. We should You should <laughs> right, go right. check in on her. I just felt like sort of that pull. And we walked in and she was just almost in tears because she had just had a friend cancel plans on her. Mm-hmm. And weekends are the hardest for her. She's She's working. So the weekend time is the time that she's alone the most and that she feels the loss of her husband right. the most. And so when everything is quiet, we are able to hear the voice of the Lord. And, and you have space to move on it. Exactly. You have space to move on it because you're not like, oh, well, we could say, hey, but we have this other thing that we're right. trying to get to. We're like, we're we're free and we're easy. Available. Yeah. We're not doing anything until 8 p.m. And then we can, you know, check in on our our emails or whatever we need to do. So that's been a really satisfying practice and also just like figuring out how to like bring other people into that too. We've hosted a couple of friends for like a Shabbat dinner on Friday night and just been able to love on them extravagantly, which is a, another really cool act of worship. That is really, really precious. I have been on a journey with 
Sabbath and learning how to rest and how to, mm-hmm. you know, the, the title of this book that we're referencing is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Mm-hmm. And our world is so set on just such a quick pace. And and my life is set on that quick pace. And so for years, the Lord and I have just processed and what does Sabbath mean to me? What does it look like? How can I use it? Um, and I was having a conversation with a student a couple weeks ago, and she was like, yeah, that sounds awesome, but I'm a busy teenager. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I um, just thought about in Genesis where God straight up creates the whole thing, mm-hmm. the whole world. Mm-hmm. And he had time on the seventh day to rest. That's right. And that just convicted me so much mm-hmm. of like, no matter how busy I think I might be, mm-hmm. the Lord made time for himself to rest mm-hmm. after creating the whole thing. So how then do I not have that time? And this has been said a million times, but we all have the same 24 hours. Mm-hmm. We all just choose to use it differently. Yeah. And I think this practice of setting aside time for the Lord mm-hmm. is a beautiful, powerful, often difficult mm-hmm. act of worship. And one thing he mentions in the book is every day going an hour without your phone, mm-hmm. every week going a day without your phone, and every year going a week without – did mm-hmm. I say that right? Yeah, I think it's yeah, right. A week yeah. without phone. So mm-hmm. one hour a day, one day a week, one week a year. Mm-hmm. And even that one hour a day has really changed my life. Mm-hmm. Like the days that I, at the end of the day, just turn off my phone and take time to even just be. It, it, yeah does not always look like I turn off my phone and I sit down with my Bible for one hour straight. Right. A lot of times it's just time to just be. And man, it is so powerful, so stress relieving, brings like ushers in so much peace and presence and availability for the Holy Spirit and all these things. And so I know this podcast is, you know, our our message and our heart today is about the heart of worship mm-hmm. and there is this beautiful display of the heart of worship in Sabbath as mm-hmm. a practice. Mm-hmm. And that is what everybody can do regardless of talent, regardless, like I can't sing to save my life. Okay. And so, but I can Sabbath and right. that is worship. And every single one of us, student, adult alike, there's this opportunity of Sabbath. And something the Lord has really been impressing on me the last several weeks is that Sabbath is not a punishment. It is a gift. And so the Lord is not telling us that we have to stop one day a week, the Lord is saying, no, I'm actually blessing you and giving you this time. This is an invitation. It is. It's an Mm invitation. It is a gift. It's literally the Lord handing us this time of peace and rest and saying, I have this for you. I'm not requiring it of you. I have it for you. And how much more beautiful and inviting and valuable that is. So Audrey, I love that we just that this kind of took that direction. I think Sabbath is so powerful and something that we don't give enough time and thought to. As even as a practice, something that came up for me when you were just talking is the the thought that what I am doing it's it's actually like a a source of pride, right? That God's yeah. putting out that like what I am doing and what I have on my schedule is so important. I am so important that I cannot possibly withdraw for an entire day. And when you do this practice, what it does for you is it's really humbling because. Yeah. The world does keep turning yep. without Things you. Things get done. Yeah. yeah. And it's also, people are okay. It's really freeing yeah. to see like 
yeah, of course I'm valuable and, you know, people want my presence. And also the world's not going to burn down if I take a day. Trust the Lord that the Lord is going to take care of it when you are honoring him through following a commandment. It yeah. is a yeah. it, full on one yep. of the 10, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a short there. list and it's on it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, this is something the Lord shared with me several years ago, but in Genesis, it says there was evening and then there was morning. Mm. And then the Lord did X, Y, and Z that day. There was evening and there was morning and the Lord did X, Y, and Z. And I heard this sermon one time when the pastor shared, there's evening and there's morning. There is rest and then we do everything. Mm. Anything that we're doing from the Lord comes from a place of rest. You do not earn your rest. It is not, I had a hard week, so I deserved the Sabbath or I've gotten everything done so I can Sabbath. I will choose to start my week with the Sabbath. Mm start from a place of rest, start from a place of dependency on the Lord, that Mm -hmm. it isn't about me. It isn't about what I can provide starting from that place. And then living the ministry that we can do from a place of rest, radically more impactful than doing ministry to earn rest. Mm -hmm. And I just think that is a really beautiful piece of Sabbath is it's, it's humbling. It's passing over your pride and saying, I trust that I actually can start from a place of rest. I did not earn this. Mm-hmm. The Lord has given it as a gift to me, and I can operate from this place, not for it. Yeah, it's God trusting God to fill up your cup, right? Yeah. And then to pour from what he has given you, not from what you are earning or running. I think it's really cool, too, that just the the nature of what Sabbath is and how we're practicing it for me is that Saturday is the day, and that can be a really easy day to be like, oh, well, Sunday's coming. I need to prepare all of these things right. when I'm participating and leading. And instead to say, yeah, the way that I need to prepare is to really engage with the Lord yeah, because it's his ministry that I get to be part of. So the fact that that happens right before right. coming into leadership is has been so valuable for me. And so, like we've been saying, humbling that like, oh, it's, it's actually God's ministry yep. that I get to be part of. Yeah. So we are really, really excited to have you on the Student mm-hmm. Life team. What what are you most excited about right now about this role? Yeah, I feel really excited to get to share all of the things that I'm learning in school. Yeah. I spent the last year really, the first class that I took was literally the theology of worship and read tons of books about what it is that we're doing. And one of the One of the coolest images I think that I got from any of the books was the fact that worship is a divine embrace Mm -hmm. and that it is us reaching out to God, but it's also God reaching out to us and that we get to like meet in the middle and, and build this beautiful relationship with each other in that time. And so I think there's been so many images that I have received that have really transformed my view of what worship is and what we're doing together, that I'm so excited to get to share that with the students that have the opportunity to lead to that. It's like, wow, like this is actually what we're doing. And it's really exciting that we get to partner with God in this way. And also just that um, one of the perspectives that's really been really sort of like sewn into me over the last year is the fact that while we are, it is just us and God in those moments of worship it also is very important for us to be present with the community and that corporate worship 
is what we are called. We are not to forsake the gathering. Yeah. Right. And so something different happens when we, the whole body of Christ, come together and are able to worship God as a body. There's like a, a horizontal ministry that's happening to the right. congregation with each other, like the people that are on the platform and not the people that are on the platform. And then there's the vertical worship that we're engaging in with God. So those are some of the things that I'm excited to share. And um, I just, I love students. I love watching people come alive in their skills and in the things that God has gifted them in. So I'm really excited to get to facilitate that growth and to see light bulbs come yeah. on. It makes me so happy to watch someone um, really working hard towards something and watching them get some success and and find ways to use what God has put on their heart for his worship. Yeah. Well, we are really, really honored to have you and excited to step into this next season with you. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. And just as we unpacked the heart of worship and really how preciously preparation and Sabbath play into that. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for this time together. Lord, we thank you that this podcast has been a space to honor you. Lord, we ask that as Audrey joins the team and leads and facilitates our worship and our worship team, Lord, that all of it would be in such a pursuit of you. Lord, that our hearts and all of our attention would be fixed on you, honoring and glorifying you, that the heart of worship, that it would just boil down that to, to that, to honor and glorify you. Lord, we just ask that you would start to stir in our hearts and minds this idea about Sabbath. How can we implement it in our lives? How can that be our form of worship? Lord, would you just dismantle any lies that we believe about Sabbath or about the lack of time we have or any reservation that we have towards it, Lord? Would you dismantle that with your truth? God, we love you and we just bless Audrey. We bless as she steps into this new position and this role, Lord, that you would bring so much goodness and joy and peace and wisdom and authority with her as she walks into this role. We love you. Amen. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. If you have any questions about anything you heard on today's podcast, you can now reach out to your new student life worship pastor, Audrey Goodwin. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us. We love you, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>